Good morning. I wanted to take a minute. I'm, I'm Chad Mossing, head of the SBRC, and I wanted to take a moment to welcome Pastor Jeff Bandy um, and, uh, and introduce Pastor Jeff Bandy on his first Sunday with us. So let's give him a brief round of applause. 
And I think it's, it would be my place to make sure you guys know that we have a brief but fun with cookies and punch and coffee reception for Pastor Jeff after the service. So please meet us in the, what is that called? The, the fellowship hall. The fellowship hall. I almost said cafeteria. I'm in schools too often. Uh, so meet us in the fellowship hall for a brief reception. So thank you and welcome. Thank you. Am I on? Does this work? Can you hear me? It's good to be here with you on this uh, first Sunday for my wife Suzanne and I to be here with you. Uh, today, uh, I just wanted to check if there's somebody here that uh, this is their first Sunday here at Faith Community. I want to put you at ease since this is my first day. You could be up here, which would be much worse, I'm sure. Uh, but I, I am grateful for uh, the SPRC and for them to uh, welcome us. And uh, the introduction uh, about uh, six weeks ago. Uh, so it has been a little bit of time for us to process to be here with you. So it is important for us to uh, just take a, this time and know that we are all in a new beginning uh, and one that we can just see where God takes us. And as we know, with God with us, there's all things that are possible and it is all things that we can be confident that God is in control of what we are to experience. So let us uh, keep that in mind as we begin today. I did want to go ahead and make sure that you were aware of the announcements that are in your bulletins, uh, knowing that uh, it's kind of nice for us to come this week to forewarn us that next week is the time change already. Uh, so we need to make sure we're aware of that. Uh, make sure you read them all. Also, there's a, next week there is uh, Bring Your Coins uh, for next week for the Mission Sunday. Uh, that will be important for us. And also wanted to mention last Sunday was the beginning of Lent and also the beginning of uh, the Vacation Bible School offering. And there are envelopes available for you uh, to make sure if you want to provide some assistance for that to make sure that we can bless the children of the community uh, this summer. Uh, other than that, I, I did want to also thank uh, Becky and Chad and Karen and Evelyn and Bland for making sure we had meals uh, on the day that we were unpacking. That was much appreciated. Uh, and for uh, Scott and Mike and others that made sure the parsonage was uh, in good order for us. And it was, it was beautiful for us to come and have that. So thank you for that. With that, I think it will be time for us to begin our time of worship. Please rise. join together in our call to worship. We are people of impatient hungers. We want to be filled with all good things immediately. We don't want to wait. We are people who seek power and authority. We want to be in control, not to be controlled. We are people whose individual safety is of highest concern. Protect and guide us. Stop our greed and selfishness, O Lord. Help us to listen to your words of comfort and hope. Open us up to all the wonders of your love. Heal our heart and hearts. Give us lives of loving service. And we'll continue our worship with our opening hymn, To God Be the Glory, number 98.
you may be seated. And would you please join with me in our opening prayer printed in your bulletin. Righteous God, in this season of Lent, we are aware of our need of your presence in our lives if we are to resist temptation. Send your angels to minister to us when the tempter comes to call. Put not our hearts to the test, but shelter us in your protective love. For through Jesus Christ, we are your people. Amen. And if the children would join me down front for the children's moments. Good morning. How are you all this morning? Am I on back there, I guess? Um, we're going to talk about a, a big word this morning. You're going to hear it several times. I just read it, and the word is temptation. Do you know what temptation means? It's kind of when somebody wants you to do something or to say something or to take something, and you know, maybe I really shouldn't or should I, and it's all about making the right choice. We're going to hear about that in two different stories today. The first story is from the Old Testament. It happened back in the Garden of Eden with the first woman, Eve. Eve was approached by the devil, and he was disguised as a serpent or a snake. I don't do snakes. And he told her that he would give her this piece of fruit, and if she would eat it, she would know more than God. What a wonderful thing to know more than God. Well... She didn't believe in God very much because she did take the fruit and she ate it and it changed everything in our world that day. The next story happened hundreds and hundreds of years later when Jesus was here. Jesus was going through a real tough time. He knew that some bad things were coming and he wanted to spend some time alone talking to God. So he went into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. And who do you think came to see him when he was in the desert. The devil. And the devil asked him three different times, if you'll just bow down to me, I'll give you the whole world. Jesus knew that God had other plans for him. And so he told the devil, go away. Don't want anything to do with this. I have God's work to do. And that's what God expects us to do. To look when somebody offers us something or wants us to do something, that we make the right choice. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, give us the knowledge to know how much you love us and how much you want us to always do the right thing. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, so that you won't be tempted this morning, another word, to take one of my Rice Krispie treats, I'll just give you one. How's that? There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. Now, our Old Testament lesson this morning is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. 
and Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. And it talks about the story of the first sin and the first punishment. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall die. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say, You shall not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. The word of God for the people of God. God. And we'll join together in our prayer hymn, number 496, and we'll sing verses 1 and 3. Well, as we come to this time of prayer together, 
It is a time for us to be thinking about what is going on all around us, all around the world, uh, but also in our community, in our families, and in our own lives. So let's take this time to truly open ourselves to the Spirit, and to open ourselves to what God may have of us, how God may be nudging us, how God may be directing us. So we'll start with a, just a short period of just being silent for one another and thinking about where you are and presenting your, uh, what your prayers may be to the Lord and then I will spend some time with sharing a prayer with you. Let us pray. Gracious and merciful God, we come to you this morning as your body of Christ. You are the almighty, the all-powerful, the all-loving, the God who is everywhere, all the time. We can always count on your presence to be with us in, in our lives anywhere we may be. We are grateful for who you are and who we are in you. Lord, there is so much that is going on in our world. So many places where people are being injured in so many different ways. Sometimes we don't even understand why these things are going on and we try to hide from them because they're far enough away. The Lord, speak to us. Help us to understand that there are people of God all over the world. That you are one who loves everyone and cares for everyone. So Lord, make us be more present to all that exists around us. Help us to see our neighbors as, that are close by. Help us to be uh, open to what it is that they may have that may be challenging them. Help us to know where we may be a comfort, to be of support, to be just someone who says hello. Lord, we ask that you would be with us in our own situations. Everyone here has something that is on their minds and on their hearts. Give us courage, O oh God, to let you know what those are, to speak them out to one another if that is what we need to do, to be able to be a community, a community that cares for one another, loves one another. It's going to take all of us to be able to do that, O oh God. So we just ask that in this time, as we are becoming new to one another, that we would be open to your spirit. That we would lean on your spirit to guide us in all things. Because Lord, we know that we can call upon you at all times. Let us now share with one voice the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray.
saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As we come to a time of responding to what we have been given by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it's something that comes from within as we bring our tithes and offerings to the Lord. It truly is an offering that comes from our hearts. Not one from our minds of obligation, but one from an understanding that we have been given so much and we're only asked to give back a portion. Ushers, would you please wait for
join together in prayer. Merciful one, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Still, we seek your blessings upon this offering, for many are hungry and need you. Many are naked and need clothes. Many are homeless and need shelter. May these gifts reflect the depth of our gratitude as they go into the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please remain standing as we have a gospel lesson this morning. Our gospel comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated.
Thank you, that was beautiful. Let me just begin by saying, Suzanne and I are glad our first Sunday here with Faith Community has finally arrived. As someone myself who doesn't go out looking for change in my life, uh, this past month of anticipating this day was, well, it was consuming my thoughts. I'm still fairly new to this itinerant pastor lifestyle, as this is only my second time in nine years as a pastor of getting a call from the superintendent that there is a new church appointment for me. Now, making these moves generates a, a broad range of emotions, including sadness first in the leaving behind of relationships that have been developed in one community, and then the excitement of having the opportunity to build new relationships in another. We know that you are feeling this mixture of emotions as well. So today we begin a couple of journeys together. First, the journey of pastor and congregation, as well as brothers and sisters and friends through this bond with Jesus Christ. And Suzanne and I, we look forward to getting to know you, to knowing the community, and the ways that the church is an influence and an impact for the betterment of the community. Second, over the next several weeks, we will be traveling through this season of Lent. During this season, we are encouraged to reflect on Jesus' persecution being directly related to humanity's sinfulness, including yours and mine. So as we consider this, we are to open ourselves to the Holy Spirit to reveal anything in our hearts and our lives that needs turned over to the Lord and turned away from that doesn't reflect this image of Christ that we are becoming to know more and more. Although this is 
uh, something we should do every day, the season of Lent, reminds the church, who knows the victory of Easter, to never forget the need for the cross that leads to forgiveness, freedom, and life forever as a new creation in Him. Now, there are many ways that we participate in Lenten practices uh, that we have done over the years that are intended to remind us of our dependence on God. Many of us give up our time to spend more of it in prayer. We give up various foods and drinks, and more recently, people give up social media. And there are other things with the idea that we would think of Jesus' sacrifice as we do these things. And some make an effort or an extra effort to be more regularly present in worship. And there are many other ways that we participate in the practices of Lent. All these are good, and I encourage you in your participation and your commitment to do them with an openness always to the Spirit. In addition to giving these up, these kinds of things, I will be preaching throughout Lent and Easter about different aspects of our lives that we need to turn over to God. So we're going to be giving it up for Lent, and today the first thing we're going to be looking at is giving up control. Now let's be honest with ourselves just for a moment. We love control, don't we? We love control. And it starts at an early age. Have you ever been around a two-year-old? They know exactly what they're doing in the middle of Walmart when they're throwing a fit. You know what I'm talking about. You've been there. You know, uh, we love control so much. We don't even know all the things that we take control of. Now, do you remember the days when TV and radio were just broadcast and you had to watch or listen to whatever was on those few stations that reached your, your home or your car? Well, people just couldn't handle not having control. So now there's Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime and Spotify and Pandora and other streaming sources. Celebrating how we can watch or listen to whatever we want, when we want, and wherever we want. We don't even have to be at home or in our car anymore. That's control. Any way we can get it, we will try it. Do you know why we like control so much? It is the power that we feel. And we want to hold on to it. Control is powerful. So how do we release this grip of control that it has on us? Now, if we look back at our first reading from the Old Testament, it is part of the creation story. The Almighty God, our Creator, created everything. The heavens and the earth, the birds, the fish, the animals, the vegetation, day and night, and humanity. Then God, who holds all power and authority, gives humanity something that no other part of creation was given. A little bit of control. Listen, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. 
Humanity was placed over creation to work it and to care for it and to eat of it freely. Humanity is given a huge responsibility of which we have control through our free will to do so however we want as long as we are productively caring for what God created. But humanity wasn't given full control as the Creator warned. You must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. The Almighty's will is laid out before us, and we are given the power of free will to care for creation according to the Lord's will. So here's what we can learn from this. To release the grip of control on our lives, we need to respect the boundaries that we have been have been placed on our free will. Sure, we can make any choice we want, but when it goes against the created order, the perfect will of God, we lose our freedom and are enslaved by our imperfect will, our own, or it could be someone else's will, which hungers for control. You see, care is different from control. We have been created to care for all of creation, not control it. So we need to know the ways of God to discern the will of the Lord and be willing to surrender our will for our creators. Now, David G. Benner, in his book called Surrender to Love, he writes this. He says, surrender goes against the grain of autonomy and self-control. Under any circumstances other than trustworthy love, it may be extremely unwise. But in response to perfect love, personally known, resistance can quickly dissipate and surrender becomes effortless, almost natural. The love and will of God is perfect. When we know this and appreciate this, surrender is possible. Now, when God finished creation, and it was very good, at that point in time, there was nothing for humanity to surrender until they took what wasn't theirs to take, we are told. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree, that's the forbidden tree of knowledge and good of evil, was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. First, notice the rationalization that was going on before the line of care and control was crossed. See, the human will is strong. And that is a good thing when it is in line with God's. But when it is not kept in check, it takes control, elevating human will as the reigning authority. Two things happen when we take control like this. Separation from God and shame. Separation comes when we take authority to determine what is good and evil from God. Friends, there must be a baseline. Otherwise, every person's will becomes their own standard. God's ways through Jesus is our baseline, which is revealed in creation itself. It's revealed in Scripture. 
And most importantly, it is through the Holy Spirit that puts things together. Jesus said this about the Spirit, saying, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. We are to seek the truth without fear. See, shame is a a God-given tool to keep us in check. When we experience shame, we don't have to be ashamed. So to release the grip of control, we are to live freely in the presence and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Also, we need to remember Eve rationalizing her decision to approach the tree, appreciating the beauty, hungering for its fruit, and longing for its promise of wisdom. Well, her problem began well before she exercised her free will to take a bite. She was asked a question which triggered her to wander into known forbidden areas. She knew God's will, but failed to trust that it was worth upholding. We are created from the same mold as Adam and Eve. Our tendency is to entertain the tempter's questions, which are intended to place doubt in God's authority and will. So whether we believe in Satan or not, I trust that we believe there is evil in the world. You see, evil exists in the free will that we have been given when love of God and others is not what we choose. Evil is birth. To release this grip of control that we so much desire, we must be aware of the tempter's questions. Now these questions come in many forms and they are formulated in our minds through what we experience in life. What we see, what we hear, what we taste, feel, and smell. See, the questions aren't complex at all. They are simple as, do you like what you see? Be aware of the questions that tempt our will. Now, just being aware of the questions, uh, that's not enough. So let's take a look now at Jesus' response that we can learn from. And it's the tempter questions him to see more of what we can find out. Matthew wrote this. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So Jesus was led by the Spirit here. Sometimes we have a problem with that. In other words, Jesus was fully aware of God's will, just like Adam and Eve were. Also, in the Jewish tradition, wilderness experiences were understood to be times of preparation uh, for new beginnings with God. In Jesus' case, we all know his preparation required a true test of his human will to cooperate with divine will. Now, Eve may not have been aware of the tempter's questions at the time. 
But Jesus, in the guidance of the Holy Spirit, was. So Jesus' response to the devil's attack on his most vulnerable human need at the time of hunger was something more like this. Yes, I am very hungry, but my Father is in control. I trust that I will be filled soon enough. He didn't take the bait. He trusted God's word that he known in his life. Jesus didn't exercise his power of free will to fill his desires. And when his preparation in the wilderness was over, he could trust in the Lord. He was cared for by the angels. So to release this grip of control, we need to know and trust in the Lord to resist the tempter's deception. Now, Satan wants to distance us from God any way that he can. As we can see in his next temptation to Jesus after taking him to the highest point on the temple, he even uses the word of God to deceive us. He tempted Jesus saying this, If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Well, Jesus is well versed in the word, of course counters it with scripture of his own. There is something important that we all need to understand here. Scripture can be used in ways that aren't appropriate when they are out of context. There has been much evil that has been done in the world with words uh, from our Bible being used to lead the way, and it continues today. So to release this grip of control Know the word of God in its context, in the fullness of the message. That requires a lot of work from us and understanding. John Wesley encouraged us to study the scriptures together with an openness to the Holy Spirit, always keeping in mind the scripture itself, tradition, but also experience and reason to grasp the fullness of the word of God to shape our lives and our hearts. Doing so gives us the tools that we can use to expose Satan's traps of deception. Finally, the human will's appetite for power, for control, is substantial. So the more power that we have, the more likely we will be tempted just by the whispering that goes on in our ears. Jesus, the Son of God, was given all authority in heaven and on earth, yet Satan still took a shot. Again, it is said in Matthew, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship, <clears throat> worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord God and serve him only. <clears throat> the tempter will even offer us something that we already have seeking to gain our allegiance, but more importantly, to turn us away from God or just to distance us from God. It's just more ways that Satan tries to tighten our grip on control. But the real point that I want to make here is that Jesus has all authority to put Satan in his rightful place behind Jesus. To loosen that grip of control, we need to call upon the name of Jesus as the one with authority 
who can displace the tempter in his deceptive ways. So don't forget, Satan is relentless and always looking for a time to tempt us again, as that was the final line of the scripture today, that the devil was going to come back when the time was right. Friends, control is powerful. We need to give it up. So I encourage you, loosen the grip it has by knowing the boundaries and the will of the Lord, demonstrated by Jesus Christ and revealed by the Holy Spirit, to discern God's perfect will. Be aware of the tempter's questions and his deceptive ways, but trust in Jesus to resist those temptations, knowing the fullness of the message of the Word of God and always calling upon the name of Jesus to dispel the lies that try to place doubt and distance between us and God. So let us take time and steps this Lenten season to give God the control of all aspects of our life, beginning with this control that is always present and we always want to hold on to. Amen. I don't know if it's common for, uh, for you to have me behind the table, but I want you to recognize that it is not my table. This is the Lord Jesus' table. I don't want to stand between you and the Lord's table. So this is where I would like to begin our time together, is with this time of allowing us to put ourselves in the right place by taking a moment of silence to Understand that we don't come to this table without an invitation, the one that comes from Jesus Christ who covers all of our sins. So let us take just a moment of silence. So hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church. Deliver us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. 
On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you and broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you and gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink of it, do this in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. So pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at the heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. At this time, we'll have the ushers come. We do have gluten-free available. If there's anybody needing it, just let the ushers know. Please hold the elements until the end and we'll take them together.
This is the body and the blood of Christ that has been broken and shed for you. Take and eat. Let us pray. Gracious and merciful God, we are grateful for this meal. This meal that we take in unity that draws us together with you and all the saints that have always been. Lord, teach us to know that you are the one who loves us first. And that it is through your love that we're able to love one another in all that we do. Amen. Please rise as we sing together our final hymn.
As you go today, know that you are not in control. But God is in control and we must surrender to him. But know that it is through the love of God that we are given the free will in order to follow his will. Go in peace in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.